This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the CasSource Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at CasSource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills are victorious over the New York Jets and play the Dolphins this Saturday night. And the Sabres are 3-0 and in the red and black Goathead jersey. All this with some hot takes trivia and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I am joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. Fellas, what a week for Buffalo sports. It's been a good one. You know, the Bills are victorious over the New York Jets. Mike White, 0-2 against the Bills in his career. Um, Former number one overall pick, Mike White. Yeah, yeah. Former number one overall pick. He should have been, quote-unquote, for him. But the... The Bills played a, a decent game. It was a weather game. Uh, it was sleety, slushy, whatever you want to call it. It was cold, rainy, mixed rain, freezing. Not rain. fun. Not, not fun. fun. Simply put, not fun. But they won twenty to twelve. Final score. A little lower scoring than uh, a lot of people would have predicted. I mean, I, I don't know. I disagree with that. I mean, you think? I, I, I think a lot of people seen... with the weather said the Bills would have a bigger differential than that. But I mean, there were what nine point favorites. 10-point favorites, and they 10, won by 8. 10? Yeah. And they kicked a field goal for a minute to go, so technically they were covering. I mean, the weather was terrible. It's a divisional game. I mean, it, both elite defenses. Yeah. No, that and, that is one thing. The Jets' defense is pretty pretty slept on by a lot of people. They think they're the same <laughs> old Jets. But Robert Sala has, has said that they are not the same old Jets anymore. He's keeping those receipts. But overall, and all right. Game. Again. Come on now. Yeah, they're going to see him again. I was a little jarred by that comment, but I mean, it's not out of the question, that's for sure. Um, but they're officially in the hunt now, are they not? They're not in the they're not the wild card anymore, are they? Uh, I don't believe so. They, uh, the Chargers are. Uh, oh, okay. Patriots Chargers are in there. Yeah. So, other than that though, the Bills played a pretty decent game, I would say. It was a little scary there. A little, eh, meh, you know. Mid. Mid, mid as Mike would say. Mid Mike. Um, but it, it wasn't anything catastrophic, which we were lucky about. Um, the defense, fantastic. What they, The couple of the hits they had on Mike White, I mean, we'll talk about that. But It, it comes down to this question. After, after last week, do you feel better or worse about the Bills? I'm not the same. I would say yeah. the same. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't, anything's faltered. I, I don't think it was a performance where I'm um, way more positive than I was last week. I don't think it was a performance where they completely crapped their pants and I feel a lot worse. But I, I mean, I think it was a, it was a performance where it's it's it wasn't it wasn't their best. They know it. We all know it. And at the end of the day, I don't think that performance. Honestly, you probably feel maybe even slightly worse just based off the performance. Like if they performed that way against. You know, a team that has an actual offense, I feel like they would have lost that game. But uh, at the same time, not a lot of teams have the Jets' defense. Like, the, right. not a lot of the top teams in the NFL have that caliber defense. But some teams do. Like, I mean, Dallas does. I don't, can't say doesn't, but Cincinnati has a pretty good defense. So, I feel like if you played a team that has a little, had a little bit more offensive juice, I think that they could have been in trouble. Right, like the Chiefs now, they're they're pretty hot. So, um, well, the Chiefs also don't have a good defense, but I, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, just like offensively, if you had the Chiefs' offense with the Jets' defense, I think that would have been a, a different game. But the defenses that was clear that that game right away was the punts, three and outs right away. I was like, eesh, it's not really gonna, this isn't gonna go crazy. But a couple of the big significant things on the defense, 
just in general, we were, Von Miller was out. That was the first game he was gone, right? Second. Second game he was gone. Sorry on that one. But we had people step up and Trey White was out there. Like it it didn't really they didn't really falter on defense. I would say Leslie Frazier had a pretty pretty good day calling plays on defense. I mean, we saw Mike White get floored. Huge mad respect for Mike White, Mike White after that game. Just the way he came back from that. I mean, he what, rib injury? Is that is he actually questionable? I I don't even know, but he he's he's got a lot of respect from the the Buffalonians out there. I know after that game, so I don't know. I mean, Milano really stepped up. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think? No, I think also you got to look at um, Epinesa too, because it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like, you know, is he really going to be an important player coming down? Now he's in his third year, but like I think he he actually has played really well and is kind of underrated because of Russo and Miller being like those top two guys. So now you have Epinesa getting that shot and he's playing rather well I would say yeah I mean everyone was worried about losing that you know the closer and Von Miller but it looks to me like Epinesa closed out that game with that batted pass so I think um and <clears throat> I remember even in the preseason uh training camp we were talking about Epinesa I remember saying how he hasn't been amazing in his career like he's kind of been a little bit of a disappointing draftee on the Bills end and to see him finally coming along, especially, I think that has a lot to do with Von Miller is is really, really interesting and really cool. Like to see him develop the way he has. Well, I think a lot of us has to do with the fact of he completely had to transform his body. Mm -hmm. He also drafted during COVID. Mm -hmm. That that had a lot to do with his, his, his lack of development in the beginning, especially his first two years. And now his third year, you're kind of seeing kind of a breakout and I think you're going to continue to see him grow. I mean, obviously he had a nice bad down pass had the, I believe it had a strip sack. Um, yeah. He had a nice game. I yeah. mean, Groot, Groot had two sacks forced fumble on Joe Flacco. Who was terrible. I mean, I think, I think the jets now have just announced, like announced the other day that uh, Zach Wilson's another quarterback too. And oh. I think, I think uh, after seeing Joe Flacco's performance, they realized <laughs> that, um, well, they needed to put their quarterback in a doghouse. Um, Joe Flacco sucks, and uh, every, once he came in the game, I think the whole momentum of the game switched. Um, but yeah, the defense played well. Mm-hmm. I think it was good to see Trey play 100% of snaps. You're right, yeah. Uh, it was annoying to see Dane Jackson play 100% of snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey, I didn't he think he didn't have a very... bad game though. Dane Jackson, it wasn't Dane awful. Jackson had some, he, he had one of his better games the last couple yeah. weeks. I didn't think Trey played particularly well. I think it was the first real matchup against the Red receiver that's going to give him trouble. And Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson got him a couple times. So that's something to monitor. But again, first game of 100% snaps for Trey, I think, is a, is a positive sign. I know his performance, I don't think it was entirely positive. But I think that's something to you know write your home again. But at the end of the day, the Bills defense played well. I mean, they got a ton of stops. They constantly got pressure on Mike White. I mean, obviously, they hit him a couple times really hard, sacked him. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some turnovers. I think the frustration thing, my the main frustration though for this defense has been the fact of they put themselves in good positions, but they can never get the ball like past defense the last couple of weeks. But what's a consistent thing about this defense, and this has always been kind of a theme for this defense for the last couple of seasons, is that they've struggled to tackle. You know, yeah. for, being, for being one of the higher, you know, DVOA, you know, the analytics ranked I believe they're third like for them to be one of the top defenses in the league their you know attempts per tackle or it's like real you want them to be really high theirs is super low there's just like every eight tackles or something they miss a tackle and like some of the top yeah. defenses like San Francisco I think is like 15 so like that's I mean you saw it on that touchdown drive that touchdown say, drive yeah. They played, but they played well the entire game. But they gave up one drive where they can't tackle, and then all of a sudden you saw it. I believe it was a twenty-yard rushing touchdown or some. Four some, four players missed a tackle on that some, drive. Some, yeah, and mm-hmm. you just can't have it. I mean, Hamlin had a really tough day. I thought tackling. I think he, he was credited with five missed tackles according to PFF. Yeesh. I think overall they had fourteen or sixteen credited missed tackles at PFF. I can't remember which the number directly, but I mean that's just way too much. So the Bills, I I would say they get an A. They get, the Bills' defense get an A. I, oh, the, yeah. The reason, the reason why I you know, I think some people are going to say that's harsh because really they gave up 10 points. I know the safety. We'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> um, really they gave up 10 points and one of them was a field goal at in mostly garbage time. But, I mean, at the same time, like I feel like if Mike White stayed in the entire game, like it might have been 
a little bit closer. They could mm-hmm. probably could have given up another score. And I think a lot of that has to do with their inability to tackle and their inability again to get off the field on third and long or third yeah. down in general. It was I think at one they were the Jets were three of eight uh on third down in the first half. And I think they converted like the first three or four third downs. And they were all like third most of them were third and long. So I think that's been incredibly frustrating throughout this entire season is the so lack of tackling and the lack of ability to get off the field on third and long, which should be an easy I mean you put yourself in a good position, uh, but you just can't get the job done. It's no. really unfortunate. And it was tough because it, it, these big third down stops, they're just it's it's crazy. And you know, you stop them, it's third and twelve, right? You sack Mike White, boom, there's a pass to um Wilson get the first down and you just gave up that field position. Like it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's tough. That's the one thing I think that I would, you know, I agree with you. It's an a, but that's the one thing holding them back from getting that a plus rating is just, they can't seem to um, convert that. They, they can never get off the field. Like you said, it's, it's just kind of iffy, iffy they do sometimes, but it's just not consistent whatsoever. So I don't know. It's just it'll it'll be interesting to see how that progresses, but I don't know. But now let's look at the offense. If I had to rate them, I mean, I get it. The weather was bad. It's not necessarily a gunslinging environment for Josh Allen. There were a couple of hurdles by more than one player, Josh Allen and Dawson Knox, right? So it it's it's not a bad performance. I'd give it a B. Like it's just I don't know. I, I they won twenty to twelve. We went three and out a couple times where I was like a couple of times. I think a B is generous. I think B is way too generous. I give like a C. C? I think even a C is I think that was like a D plus. Oh, okay. I think this is like there's a lot of drops. There's just a lot of mid plays. Allen didn't like, you know, play all that great. Mm-hmm. He had what one forty seven and like forty or something on the ground. Yeah, yeah, I mean it just seemed like I don't know. I know you said this before, but if we we're playing a better team, we would have probably lost like we're a team that's supposed to be like the elements are like are in our favor you know and like we were playing in them and we did not look very good so you know does that mean like if there's a blizzard or something like that's supposed to be our advantage is that just going to hold us back then like maybe they should be building a dome because that's the only way we operate like they built their team I mean, I, I think you make a good point. It's like it's like the Browns game. Like, honest to God, like the best thing for the Bills was that they moved the game to Detroit into a yeah. dome because if they played that, if they played the game in Buffalo. I think that, I mean, the Browns have a far superior run game. I know the Browns' run defense is trash, so it might not like that's not the best example in the world. But the Browns would have been more, you know, suitable for that matchup in the in the snow. And I know they're gonna they're gonna you know the Dolphins are coming to town, Dolphins, but. You know, you expect like the Dolphins to be the team to struggle in the, in these conditions, but it's not like the Bills are like. I mean, they're more prone to it, sure, but it's not like they're really like suited for like really trash conditions. Now, like, the cold's right. fine. The cold's fine, but like I'm talking about like snow and all that. Like when yeah. you can't throw the ball, like the Bills they, again, their offensive line got dominated by the. I mean, the Jets have a good front, but they got. I mean, they got their lunches taken to them. Yeah, and I think the thing with, like, Allen is that coming from Wyoming and all that is that he can throw in the elements, and, like, we have these players that, like, should be able to make these plays in this cold, and I think that's a thing maybe why we decided to bring back Beasley now because he's someone that Allen trusts and knows that on third down, you throw to him, he's going to catch it. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's just something that they're thinking of. And then even bring back John Brown. Like, I know he's not going to be that number one, number two receiver anymore. That he was his first year here, but just someone that maybe Allen trusts to throw to because we haven't seen much of Shakir like at all. Yeah, McKenzie. Yeah, McKenzie Drops becoming more much. of a slot has definitely shown that he's not a slot and he's more of a gadget. Mm-hmm. There's been times where they just force digs and it just doesn't work. And then Gabe Davis sometimes isn't consistent enough with his catches. Yeah. So they're just trying to bring back reliable guys that'll Josh will know will make catches. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis has a certain candy name for his his fingers at this point. Um, he, he seems to be dropping a lot of softballs to him, you know? Like, I get it. It's Josh Allen throwing you the ball. It's going to be a missile, right, most of the time. It's coming in hot. But 
he's so inconsistent. Like these 98 yard touchdowns against the Steelers, it's against the struggling Steelers team. Right. So you give that in, in consideration there, but after that four touchdown performance in the divisional round last year, everyone's like, Oh, this guy's the second coming, you know, he's, 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 he's amazing. He's going to be wide receiver. Number two, he's been so inconsistent. That's just not the case anymore. And mm-hmm. McKen- like you said, well, he's never been not his, his career is he's never been consistent throughout his entire career. I know. I think people I mean, were fogged he, though by that but, but he's the same, He's the same guy. Okay, but Joe, he's the same guy in 2020. John Brown gets injured. He's now wide, he's now the second outside wide receiver next to Diggs with Beasley in the slot. He had a nice rookie season, but like he had games where he didn't do anything. Yeah. You see it in 21. 21, they had Emmanuel Sanders, and he couldn't outplay Emmanuel Sanders to get that significant starting spot. You know what I mean? And then even like at the end of the year when we're talking about how hot he is sometimes, he has that Jets game where he had two catches on ten targets in that last game of the year. Yeah. And yeah, he has the yeah, I think everyone remembers the four touchdown game and yeah, I mean that was super clutch. Uh good for him. But I mean I mean I guess they just had to get to the playoffs of him because he always comes through in, in the in the big <laughs> moments in the playoffs. But yeah. At, at the same time, you know, they, they, the, what, what I see with this John Brown Cole Beasley signing is that the Bills bet and believed in two guys, and the, and those guys were McKenzie and Davis, and those guys didn't come through. Like, yeah. they, 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 they made a bet that those guys were better than they actually were, that those guys were New England Patriots as a McKenzie, Gabe Davis, Chiefs, uh, Davis. Yeah. But, no, but they were really, if you look at the overall body of work, they were never those guys. Yeah, you think that flashes in the pan and they could have nice games, but you can't <clears throat> significantly count on those guys to be key contributors. And now you're in an offense where they don't feature Dawson Knox, and now you all of a sudden you only have digs with a bad offensive line. So I think that's where you get in the problems with the Jets game is that they couldn't run the ball and they couldn't protect Josh Allen. And you have wide receivers that can't get open and can't catch the ball. So then that's why Allen gets one for I mean, I don't think Allen was good. I'm not defending. I'm not really not fully mm-hmm. defending Allen. No, but, yeah, but it's I just mean, there's a reason why you look at his stat line, and it's like, wow, that's disgusting. Like, what's up with that? But then you look at it, he has 11 incompletions, and you would say about what half those are drops, and then other half, like a couple of them are bad throws, but then a couple of them are also like plays where he's given his wide receiver a tight end a chance and they don't make the play. Like the first. Yeah, it's just so fitting for the Bills on first and ten. They need ten yards to win the dang game, and they just don't trust their offensive line to get enough push to do that. So they do that play action crap. And like I like Dawson Knox, but like that's not considered a drop because it was good enough coverage and it wasn't the best throw. But like, kind of had to catch that ball. And that's yeah. like the, jo- the John Brown play of Sauce Gardner. Like that was a yeah. good enough throw. That was good coverage. He can't good coming back, but like. You kind of would want your wide receiver to make that big catch because that's 40 yards against the elite defense. So, like, I, I think that's the frustration. That's why you see Beasley coming back is because he's a guy that Allen trusts. And when the weather's going to get worse, you need shorter routes that are going to be open quicker, where you're just going to be able to get the ball out of your hand. I have to worry about the elements affecting it as much. And that's where that's where right. our buddy Cole returns. Bees, <laughs> yeah. No, and especially you're right. Like right now, we're first in the AFC. If it stays that way, we're playing playoff games here in January. And you, you need that, that dependable third down guy, any down guy that's going to get those short little routes and get through. I think you have the pieces, right? You have hopefully playoff Davis who ends up showing his face. Like you said, you have Cole Beasley now who I think honestly good on the bills for getting him. I know Alan wanted him back and a lot of Mackenzie tweeted out a month ago at Beasley 11. What's up? Like, come back, please save me my job, that kind of a thing. You know, I, I just think if Crowder were healthy, we would have seen a different style. Mackenzie might've still stayed that um, gadget, yeah. more of a gadget yeah. role. Yeah. I think Crowder is a, a great slot receiver. He's just got a broken foot. Is he done for the year then? No, he might be back he, for the postseason. He was like doing with Micah Hyde and Ike Bach or like those guys. He's uh. working out those guys. But no, there's another thing. It's like he, they replaced Cole Beasley with, Crow- Jameson Crowder, a guy that's known to not be able to stay healthy. And guess, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, him breaking his ankle or foot, like, uh, that's like, I don't know if anyone could really predict that, but no. he's also the same guy that missed two weeks in training camp because of a hamstring injury. So, like, yeah, he was a Peloton I mean, guy. I remember we called him that a couple I times. I know, but like, that's kind of who he is. Like, the, the Bills took a lot of bets in the fr- in the wide receiver room on, on I don't know, on, on just dudes that didn't show up, but 
Talking about the playoffs, I was thinking about this on top of my head. I don't know why this 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 just came out of my head, but I'm I'm gonna see. Okay. Speaking of Gabe Davis and playoffs, <laughs> Josh Allen has been every not kind of the Bills has been every team in the AFC once. Where is the one team he hasn't beaten in the regular season? One team he hasn't beat in the regular season. Got trivia AFC. Mm-hmm. He's beat him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I just gave it away pretty much, but hasn't beaten the Houston. No, he beat Houston last year. Mm. Um, that was like the forty to nothing game. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, he beat Wait. Baltimore, beat KC, mm-hmm. Indy. Cold? Ding ding no. ding ding ding. Yeah, we, we played never, Indy. We've they've only never played beat, preseason against. They've, they've never beat Indianapolis in the because. They played oh, his last year, year. Got stomped. They played his rookie year when he was injured, and it was Derek Anderson. Last oh. year they got stomped, but he has beaten them because he beat them in the playoffs. I, I don't know why I thought that, but no, that, that, I was thinking that that like Gabe Davis to Rose. Like, yeah, he did really good against Indianapolis. Like, hmm, Indianapolis, you have a lot of success against them. I was like, oh wait. And I had to, yeah. I had to make sure when I phrased my question, not counting the Bills because technically you can't beat the Bills. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that was good. I didn't I didn't even realize that we haven't played Indianapolis. In, or we did, but they they stopped. Former us AFC East team. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Hey, man, man, started off in the AFC hey, East. Yeah, look at that. I mean, interesting. That 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 got me trivia early in the pod. Look at you. Look at you coming in clutch with that. Yeah. So I think overall, like, I mean, A from the defense, D plus in my book for the offense. I think special teams just gets like a C. Yeah, just because like I think Hines was good. I think Hines was good. He's a good returner. I like. He's him a very a lot. good returner. He's got like, sure hands. <clears throat> Unlike, whatchamacallit, who was there last year? McKenzie. He fumbled. Him and Marquez Stevenson were fumbled magnets all of last year. So he's got he's got sure hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think and they did a good job. Brios is at least a solid returning <clears throat> guy, so they did a good job of that. The pump block just makes it a C. Um, good for pass, good two field goals. But Martin was pretty good, except that was just uh, I mean, maybe yeah. overall, it helped that he was in his end zone. You know, yeah. I mean, that that kind of the all those penalties. At least it wasn't got. a touchdown. It was a safety. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, oh, at least it's a. I don't know. Then, get, then I was like, man, field, then it's field goal, touchdown, two point conversion. But so before before I, we leave, the, the, to talk a little bit more about the Dolphins game, I just want to uh, ask a question: mm-hmm. Do you agree with Robert Sala's decision to kick the field goal on fourth and one? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because you'd still need two scores. So, you might as well get the points now and then try to get a touchdown because then if you don't get the touchdown, you're still t- you have less time to get two scores. Still, yeah. still one score. I know Tony Romo was not happy about that decision on the broadcast. He was very vocal about how he would go for the touchdown at that point. But mm-hmm. I understand the thought of you do have a pretty good defense that has stopped the Bills earlier in the game. So... Um, I would, I, I mean, I, I get it. I understand it, but I, on it, honestly, me personally, I would have gone for the touchdown. So I'm not, I'm not against it, but I'm not, not, not necessarily like for it. You know, I'm kind of that, that intermediate area. So I don't know, but let's, let's move into the dolphins game. What do you think? Yes, sir. Squish the fish. We're ready. You feeling it? I mean, this is going to be a big game. This could possibly be. For the division, the Dolphins could sweep us, and then you know things can happen. What? I'm not going to speak anything into existence here, right? I'm not going to say anything's going to happen. So the Bills going in, they are seven point favorites. It's a Saturday night game. Play the same night as the Sabers. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. So they play the Sabers game might be low in attendance compared to the, the Bills game. So when is this? When is the Sabers game? Seven thirty, I think. So it's like right around an hour before the Bills. <clears throat> oh, it's game. nine o'clock. So right I'll at the same time, pretty much. Well, because it's in Arizona. That's right. Mm. Mm. That's tough. Yeah, so the Sabres... I mean, who would have watched that game anyway? I mean, you're not wrong. Just... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's To me, I understand it's probably an NHL sort of a thing, like picking when the games are and where they are. But I feel like the Pagulas should probably say something like, hey, we're not going to get any stadium attendance on the, the same hour as the Bills game. You know what I mean? It's, it's but... in Arizona, Joe. Oh, yeah. that's right, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're not going to get that no. much either way. They're playing at like a 6,000 
seed arena so it right that's really... a big bro moment on my end right there but no i know the weather is going to be interesting 20 degrees yeah. some people say it's supposed to snow nine inches wind like mcdaniels game. wants wants it to be colder apparently he's got that t-shirt he's been rocking but yeah practice. they needed heaters when it was like 50 degrees in los angeles well the the whole thing with that is hey, they, right? listen, they tear they 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 turned down their ac at the at their uh for us specifically down to 50 degrees okay they're prepared Oh, okay. 50 okay. degrees. Yeah, that's the same as 25, like, on the thermometer, but wind chill down to, like, 15 degrees with snow. So, uh, that's the thing, though. Like, you, you I, gotta wear, I, gotta, I gotta wear my glove muffin, my glove uh, things. You know, warmers? No, yeah, it's like a glove, but then it's like it's like a mitten. It's a two-in-one. Oh, so you can touch mm-hmm. the oh, glove. Oh, okay. Yeah, like big, I gotta be able to, I gotta be able to like, here. yeah, I gotta be able to use the <laughs> iPad, but like I got my, my fingers. Oh my god! Yo, what if it gets too cold for the iPad to work? <sighs> yeah, I was filming that hype video last night. Yeah. My phone shut down. At uh, listen, man, if it gets too cold for the iPad to work, everyone, everyone gets in for. Everyone gets in for free. All right, go to Dom's gate. Anyone who's listening, he'll let you right in. He'll just say the iPad doesn't work. No, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna stand next in the in the big box office line. So good luck there. Oh God. But, Mike, you mentioned propane heaters in 50-degree climate. Indoors, inside of a dome, mm-hmm. they needed that. If I recall, in the sidelines have to be identical, right? Quote-unquote, equipment-wise. That, that is a rule in the NFL. I the, suppose. The Dolphins did not use their mist fans and stuff in Miami because they were in the shade, so the Bills couldn't use the mist fans on their sideline, right? That is the rule. You cannot have uneven equipment but the sun and it being 10 to 15 degrees hotter on one side i'm not even going to get into that right we're not making excuses they need propane heaters in la right 50 degrees the bills don't use propane heaters right they use the the big parkas the big coats and all that stuff they're all they bundled have, up they have heaters they have heaters big guy but here's my thing i think they turn them off for this game so that oh, the dolphins, i think the dolphins can't why would it. you okay okay Listen, let's, just, let's just go to the game because that's. I, just, uh, I think I think that you know fight fire with fire or fight fire. It's a little with different though because like the sun is like natural, you know you can't do anything about the shade like that. You're like, you, the Bills still need heat. Yeah, you know like. Put in the I bench. saw the thing where Shaq Lawson had a winter coat while he's practicing. He like, does. He does wear a thick winter coat. That is funny. Jordan Phillips did that too. Like you need they need heat. <laughs> I guess you have a point there. You know, you got to yeah, keep it. It's kind of hard to play football when you can't move. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and like, and like, the only way to outdo the heat is an IV. The only way to outdo the cold is to get warmer. And the only way to do that is to have your heater heat. on. Yeah. So, like, why would they purposely harm themselves? I don't know, man. Maybe it's like a, a chess game. You got to, you got to turn it off at certain points in the game when it gets all right, dicey. All right, all right. Know? Well, but I, I think a good thing for the interesting thought for the bills is that they played this saturday and then i didn't realize this well i should probably shouldn't have known this but christmas is obviously sunday this year so the nfl slate is actually saturday like the big nfl slate is saturday mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting to see what kind of advantage the bills have next week after they they play this game you know they're on a regular week and chicago will not be but not talking about chicago third team we're talking about but the, the dolphins are a very good team still mm-hmm. obviously it's a little interesting they lost two in a row Two, I would say two pretty good teams. I don't, I don't really think the Chargers are. Really they kind of had everyone back healthy. Below expectations. Yeah, I don't think they're hurt. great. I mean, with all their injuries, that was kind of a yeah, very surprising loss because that's not a very good defense, and for them to do that to Tua. Yeah, it was a second um, string defense pretty much in the secondary. It was crazy. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it, that was a great look for them. Obviously, the Niners have a good team, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. The Bills did a good job enough defensively last time, twenty-one points. I think if I think if you go into this game and someone will tell you that the Dolphins score 21 points, I think you're going to take it. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to depend on can the Bills score nine, more than 19 points. Right. And I would say, like, they had the potential to if they take less off of Josh Allen's plate. Last time, offensive line got worked. Well, please color me surprised. The offensive line got dominated. <laughs> they couldn't run the ball consistently. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, you know, with a lot of people banged up, kind of that jazz, the the wide receivers weren't very consistent either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it just comes off. You know, Miami blitzes a lot. There's ways to get, you know, Beasley on the field. I think I think Cole Beasley is going to have to we're going to play and actually have to be a big part of this offense just because yeah. mm-hmm. of the way Miami blitzes. They need someone to 
be smart and find open space that Josh could just kind of hit really quickly. No, I agree. I think he played for Tom Brady earlier this season. He was in Tampa Bay for a little bit. So it's not like he's too out of shape. He apparently continued to work out. His practice videos look pretty good um, so far, just the routes he's been running. He looks on top of it. Brandon Bean even said Cole Beasley, he'll play, he'll play this Saturday. So I think that's a huge, huge game changer because a lot of those little, you know, third down conversions we need in Miami, Beasley's going to help us obtain them in this game where we struggled last game. So yeah, I hope he's I'm, I'm excited to he's see number 11. Hits all year. What'd you say? Yeah, he should be fresh. He hasn't taken all the hits all year. Well, right, let's, yeah. see, let's, let's see what he feels like when he gets hit with sub 30 degree temperature for the first time by a middle linebacker. Oh, Vontae Davis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, my God. I mean, it's good to have him ba- back. I mean, it's going to be exciting, really exciting for me to yell at him when he dives a yard short of the first down like he was all last year. But Right. He I also think, had a rib injury last year, though. True. I think the big thing, actually, that you know, Joe, you're alluding to the third down. I don't think that's really his greatest strength, actually. I think his greatest strength would be on first and second down. Because if you what happened with the Jets was that you they were in third and long all day. Mm-hmm. And they weren't playing the Bills defense, which is going to let you you know, convert on that 50% of the time. Like they were playing against the actual NFL defense that knows how to play a third and long. Right. Um, so I think Beasley's ability to, you know, get five or six yards on first and second down to get them what they were doing in the Patriots game so well, which is running the ball, short passes, third and short converting. They couldn't do that against the Jets. I think that will help. I think Beasley will actually help them to be able to do that. And it'll also help uh, open up digs and other people as well. Right. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. A lot of these guys are covered up. I think, like last week, you, you mentioned Dawson Knox earlier. They used him for what they could, like that touchdown where he somersaulted into the end zone. Like that's 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 big D Knox right there. Like I mean, that's you got to use him more often. Like I, I we even said that we've said that multiple times. You need to utilize Dawson Knox in this offense because he's proven himself as a pass catching tight end as well as a good blocking tight end. You're paying him top tight end money too, so why not use him? Nearly top five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, use Dorsey needs to do what he did last week and incorporate him because now you've got Diggs, Davis, Knox, and Beasley that are going to be pulling coverage. Like, come on. You look at the franchise in total, and they've never really used their tight end ever. Right. Charles Clay, that's the last one I remember. You could say that Dawson Knox is arguably the most athletic one they've ever had, Mm -hmm. and they're still not using him. You could argue that Dawson Knox could potentially be the greatest tight end in Bill's history. That's how terrible. I'm still offense to Dawson Knox, but like – He's like a fringe top ten tight end, mm-hmm. and like the only tight end that's like like remembered in history is well, I can't remember his Matt first, He's a Keith McKellar. Matt Slayers, McKellar, maybe Scott and Chandler. He's, and he's only Keith McKellar. Uh, McKellar's only really remembered because of the K gun, like the, he was named after the yeah. K gun. Right. It's not like he's, he was like an absolute like sensational tight end. So like I don't know. Scott it's, Chandler it, was a tight end for a little bit there, wasn't he? Or was he a wide receiver? Who? Scott Chandler. Oh, geez, Scott Chandler was a tight end. He was a yeah, tight, tight end. I thought you said yeah, Josh Allen. No, no. Hey, if it, we can line him up as a tight end like we said a couple weeks ago if he gets another elbow injury. Hey, so. Logan Thomas was an ex-quarterback that became a tight end for the Bills. Now this with the Commanders. Um, where is he? Washington? Mm-hmm. He's always yeah. injured, though. But He's old, no, though, I, too. He is old. I think it's going to be an interesting game for the, for the Bills offense. Defensively, it's just about limiting the big play. You know, we you saw it against the Chargers. Like, okay, the fumble recovery was weird. I don't know if any of you saw, like seen the fumble recovery touchdown by uh, Tyree Kill. Yeah, I have to say, yeah, not, no one. I think that was a play, smart play by Armstead. Honestly, yes. Okay, okay, you're not feeling. I didn't see anyone talk about this, but if you like look closely, he's got like he does like a motion that like you wouldn't do if you were like he had this like. No, oh, he did that yeah. on purpose. Yeah, dude, he smacked his arm out. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh well, that was. Yeah, he definitely okay. Yeah, okay. I was the only one that saw that. I was about to bring that up. I was like, someone said that. I think one of the announcers said that they're like, if Terry Armstead did that on purpose, that's really smart. <laughs> that was an intelligent move. I think that was Greg Olson. No, Greg Olson wasn't doing that game. It was NBC. It was might have been Collinsworth. It was Collinsworth. I don't want to give him any credit, so we're gonna, we're gonna no Collinsworth. That. Forget oh, him. Okay, never mind. But yeah. like that, that and the long touchdown, like that was it for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are going to get their big plays. It's just mm-hmm. the fact of, can you stop tackle them when they get those big plays? Can you <laughs> tackle them short of the goal line where you can eventually get stopped? Keep them in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because you've got guys like Hill and Waddle on that team. And there's no doubt that they're going to make a big play here and there. You can't stop that. I mean, the question is, is like you said, can you actually wrap them up and 
allow them not to reach the end zone to reach the goal line. And that's the, that's the question mark after last well, week, but I'm, well, I'm hoping well, the bills, bills are a lot healthier than they were, which is important, but also it's going to be interesting. You know, you see all these NFL breakdowns of how people are sitting on the inside leverage of these uh, dolphins wide receivers and forcing right. and for not let, giving up the middle of the field. It's going to be interesting how McDaniels, um, you know, kind of figure out a way to, you know, exposed at by maybe more outbreaking routes, which then could be dangerous because then, you know, then they're not in the middle of the field. They're not running down the sideline. But listen, the Bills are, are, as I said before, aren't a great tackling team, um, but they do a good job against the pass, the deep passing most of the time throughout the, you know, Hyde, Poyer, McDermott, Frazier era. I know Hyde's not back there. It's Hamlin, but other than that, even Hamlin's been all right. They've been good. So I I think that's going to be a big thing. I feel bad for my boy Jordan Phillips. Uh, no, No revenge game. This entire season missed missed the first meeting because he injured his hamstring on the Matt Milano touchdown uh, <laughs> in garbage time. Yeah, and then he's injured his shoulder uh, chasing Mac Jones in garbage time. So two garbage time injuries for Jordan Phillips is kind of brutal, but he won't be playing. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a little bit of an interesting matchup would be Ryan without Ryan Bates, who plays that guard position against Wilkins because Wilkins is a beast. Another another, right. another another day, another stud defensive tackle you're going to go up against, but. Mm-hmm. Is anyone else really excited for a snow game? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited. I and they're wearing the Reds. Yeah, all uh-huh. red. That's right. The color rush. Yeah, they always they actually they seem to always wear those against the Dolphins. I don't know they if they last me. year against Atlanta. No, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. I knew. Oh my god, I was there for that game. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even remember. Honestly, that. Uh, they they saw in 2019 they did against the, the home game against the Dolphins. That was the uh, like a high touchdown. Yeah, it's like one game awesome. against against the Colts in the snow. Mm, yep, the one that yeah. game. Yeah. Oh yeah, Shady, Shady McCoy, Joe going Webb, crazy. quarterback. Joe Webb. Oh my gosh. Did they wear them in twenty? Um, they must have. I think they did against. Ooh, that's tough. Was it against the Broncos they wore them? No. No, that Baltimore. Was no, no, that was the playoff game. They wouldn't do it there. Hmm. 19, I know they did it against the Dolphins. They won. First year they did it against the Jets. First year was against the Jets. They lost that game. I remember the red and green. It was like Christmas. I think oh, they yeah, lost. Right. No, maybe they did. The didn't. colorblind. No, they did lose that game. The colorblind. Yeah, they, they they called and said never do that again with red and green because they it was just gray. They couldn't. I'm see. just trying to think like in the McDermott era, like they won 17. I can't remember. They probably got crushed in 18 because that team wasn't very good. They did know. against Detroit in 18, I think. They did, they did, they did, they did, they did. So two zero. They were three zero because they beat the Dolphins. I can't remember who they, they did in twenty. They did twenty one against. Okay, so they're four zero. Oh my gosh, this is gonna make me so. This is gonna drive me absolutely nuts. Who they play? Who they did this in twenty against? Mm-hmm. If they did it at all, now I'm looking it up. Uh yeah, yeah. We got <laughs> we got we got to pull that up. There's there's no we can't just leave one year out. They they have played well in the jerseys though. I will say the red ones. I I'm Buffalo a little Lakes are alternate jerseys. They they do yeah the the go the red and red specifically red jerseys they, they they happen to like but one thing about these red jerseys they look like the old Patriots jerseys that we saw a couple weeks ago the throwback ones mm, if they had red pants me or white pants white I'm pants. gonna say this for now this is no offense to the Bills those Patriots jersey those Patriots jerseys those Patriots jerseys absolutely slap I'm sorry like no, they're I nice they were else, clean mm-hmm. I like their old logo with the dudes do, do we like, just not do the standing Buffalo jersey anymore. I, I must not. not. Dang, that's a shame. I like that jersey. The white. Yeah, the, the no. We were supposed we were supposed to wear that, that this that week. Was they the, changed that, that. That was I remember those jerseys. Matt Milano had a. I touched they put the Raiders in seventeen. I remember those jerseys. Those jerseys. Yeah, we, Mike, we were excited to wear those against the Dolphins, but they since the game they should have worn them against New England. If New England was wearing the throwbacks, why don't we wear the throwbacks? That's a good point. Yeah, Lame. I would have. You find anything yet, Dom? They're four and one since 2017. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go. Right. Yeah. There we I go. That. Okay. That was a good game. Yeah. They they're did. four and one because technically that loss was against the Jets, but that was in 16. So. So in the past, since 2017, it's it's four and zero. Pretty good. Yeah. Good luck charm. Yeah. So, like Maybe. Mike said, Buffalo likes the alternatives. Man, they like the they like the color red. I All right, Joe. Red. Give me a final score in your player of the game. Okay, player of the game. It's going to be Beasley. I think he's going to absolutely game go ball. off. I, I think he gets the game ball. He he returns. I'm wearing the jersey for a reason. Dude goes off. I, I think the Bills win. They win 
27-21. I think they 27-21 they win. Yeah, you took my 21 points to heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Mike? You got anything? I'm I'm saying Trey White. He's gonna lock down Tyreek Hill. All right. He ain't gonna do anything. Final score is gonna be 23-19. Bills. It's like Monsters Inc. right there. We got a 23-19. Look at that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the MVP player of the game, game ball, Tyler Bass. Oh 26 24, kicks four field goals, including the game winning field goal at the buzzer. Dang. The All length, right. I'll let I'll let you guys figure out how long it is when the game happens, but Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I like that, honestly. Tyler Bass. Oh what? 50 I think, plus? I think it'll be 56 yard field goal. Oh, oh you can't. Goodness. Okay. You no, made your prediction. I made my prediction, but I'm going off of yours now. I'm just saying that your field goal will be 56 yards. He just boots it through like a kickoff. Wow. I was thinking like 40, but okay. Come on. Shoot shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you lose the game. You don't land amongst the stars. So, but that, I, I think that wraps it up for our, our Bills talk today, doesn't that, gentlemen? Anything else no, you want to toss good. in there? Good. All right. Seems like so, a solid thing to me. Before. We move into our Sabres topic. I would just like to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. Listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. Who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find this show where you listen to your favorite podcast, <clears throat> the Buffalonian podcast, or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now we're going to move into our Sabres talk for the day. Mm-hmm. The Sabres... Oh, God. They they had a they they had a decent week you know Dom Dom is excited clearly to get to the, oh I am um, Sabers great great week to be a Sabers fan yeah so they they had a decent week I mean and looking back on it two one one two one one two one one I I just, I just want to say we did not predict four games we only predicted three games three. but two one one is closest to my prediction of two one than your prediction of three now so yep yep I want exactly. to take my victory lap all right you take your victory lap on that one but. I think it's been exciting to see just how explosive the offense is, right? Like, they're a firecracker. They've been called elite. TNT called their halftime report, called them an elite offense in the NHL. Even intermission report. Or whatever. Yeah, intermission report. Um, called them an elite offense in the NHL. And that is not a word that's necessarily been used to describe the Buffalo Sabres in uh, a long time. So then, was... then, then, then Mike's boy, Henrik Lundqvist, is kind of hidden. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate, man. Can't 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 fight the haters. But and then another another big thing at the end of this game, the 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 most recent game, goathead game, right? They're three and zero in the goatheads. They they even the coach said they should wear them every game. Yeah, Don Granado wants the goats every game. How would you feel about that? Going to red and black full time. mm, I wouldn't be opposed, but like I kind of like the royal blue. Yeah, what do you think, Dom? Yeah, I mean, mm. the red and blacks are such a vibe right now. I just don't want to ruin it by say by, by like right. Yeah, you I mean, throw them in one. Extra not game. Gonna, like, let's just be completely honest. They're not going to stay undefeated in the red and blacks forever. But maybe wear them like ten to fifteen times a year. But what they're wearing them twelve times this year? I think that's a good number. And then, I mean, listen, anything's better than the slugs or the navy blues or whatever. Don't heck be that like was. Edmonton, and then you wear your alternate jersey every home game, and then it becomes your home jersey. Edmonton did that like twice now. Listen, yeah. Edmonton cheated. The oranges the and then the dark blue. Listen, Edmonton cheated the draft lottery. They got Connor McDavid and they're still irrelevant. So. That's true. They did also just go to the Western Conference final, but they also got swept. So. Well, their they team is McDavid the, and Dreisettle. Listen, they have two of the top five players in the world and they can't. Two of like the top, arguably two. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not. I mean, Dreisettle's up. I mean, I pulled Josh out of a couple of people, but yeah, but no, two one one solid week. Yeah, um, definitely, looking... definitely some frustration in the fact of you play Pittsburgh, who's kind of a team that's hot right now, but a team that's kind of on the edge of the playoffs. Like the, the, those are the you know the best team you probably played in the stretch, and to go a one one, especially blowing a third period lead that we were there for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it's definitely rough, but. It's a good week. I mean, they scored six goals in two periods, which is kind of insane. So, I mean, yeah, you can't argue that. Again, that goes back to the the whole firecracker offense they have. You know, it's just you can't really predict what's going to happen. I mean, they <clears throat> they went two periods with nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom, six goals come on 
my phone was blowing up uh, for the CBS Sports. I just was looking at it. I was like, no way this is happening right now. But, I mean, let's just – I, I want to take a look at the – You know who the comparable is in the NFL is? Who? The Detroit Lions. Mm. Now, that's a good comparison. Not a good defense. Offense that kind of has moments of eliteness and then has, like, moments where it's a little slow, but then all of a sudden it could kind of – We lost them. Yeah, oh, we lost mid-sentence. Him. Yeah, mid-sentence we lost them, uh, unfortunately. No, I know what he's saying, though. Yeah. Like, Detroit's been on a roll recently, and, like, their offense, they have the young guy. Oh, I guess I got cut, too. I don't know what to do. Is anyone there? Is anyone there? Guys, I was by myself. I was scared. I didn't know what, what to do. What just happened? I was by myself. I was like, I Damn. Oh, my God. What just happened? I don't know. You were gone, Dom, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Mike and I were laughing, and then boom, I'm gone. So I don't, I don't know quite what happened there. You just want to go back to where we were. Yeah, let's just go back to where we were because we were already – Ten, you know, roughly five minutes. In. All right, five minutes in. So, so, yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell, pretty, <laughs> pretty good, loving coach. So, a team that's on the up and up, and mm-hmm. a team that's, I think, playing good hockey. And both teams with, uh, have a lot of young talent. A lot of young talent. Yeah, Listen, high-scoring teams too. All I'm saying is, boys in the box is now still winless, but we are no longer pointless. We we saw mm. a point. Ooh. It is right. We're like, what? Thanks, how many Jeff. games did we go to last year? Oh, and four. We're oh five and one. We're oh five and one. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Skinner, an absolute move All on right. his. As end much as I hate Jay Gensel, like Jeff, just keep the stick down. No, he deserved to get suspended. No, the, the yeah. big question no, is this: I, I can say yeah, but like now, now in your mind, in it. your mind, was three too much, too little, or just enough? Three was fine. Yeah, was fine. it was definitely intentional and malicious. So Skinner some people, have, some uh, people would argue that he should have got two because Matthews got two. Skinner must have watched Avengers Endgame and went for the head. You know what I mean? So I mean, he was going at him pretty hard. Like he was. That was that was un, like well, what I Jake Gensel did was stupid. Like he, yeah, play was dead and was going after goalie. So I, I give kudos. Him. I give kudos for Skinner for sticking up for his teammate. Like I respect that, but he went a little too far. Yeah, just keep crossing yeah. him in the chest and get the penalty. Right, you don't have to go for the throw. You get the, the slashing face. penalty for like the ankles, you know, but just don't do something stupid. I mean, obviously he wasn't thinking. He knew what he was doing, but he wasn't thinking like I'm going to suspend for this. He was just acting out. Right. No, he knew what he was doing, but he wasn't thinking long term. Well, it's one of those moments where like I'm trying to think of a good example of like when like Josh gets like a 15 yard penalty for like taunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like, like Josh... John Feliciano all the time would like. Be ramming to people. Yeah, like Spencer Brown. Like when your offensive, you know, a good example is it's like when your offensive line gets a 15 yard penalty for unnecessary roughness after like your defense, the, the defender kind of like screws off your quarterback and then he gets shoved over. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs playoff game 2020 when Josh kind of threw the ball in the face of that defender and then the defender got up in his face and he got smacked. I think that was Felice. I don't actually know who that who smacked him. I think it might have been Dawkins, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like that moment <laughs> where like. Like you can't really be mad at like the offensive lineman. You can't be mad at your dude for sticking up for your teammate. Would you have liked for them not to like be that aggressive? Sure, but at the same time, you want your team sticking up for each other. Now, next time, could it be a little bit more controlled? Sure, but I think looking at that though, I think it's at least been tough because now you lose Skinner, who's a top line play on your team. Will he get his spot back, or is Casey Middlestat locked in on the top line because he had a three secondary assists? I said it. I said it when we were there, dude. I said five, ten games. It's gonna give him a ten game more extension on his healthy scratch. This I didn't expect it to. It's not gonna be healthy scratched at all. I didn't expect it to boost his Granado stock, loves him. stock so much that he's a first line winger and he's on the first power play. Just <laughs> listen, man. I had to say this though, and this is this is true. <clears throat> I, I also this. As much as I am not the biggest Casey Mills fan. He's played well the last couple of games. I'll give him his due. I don't think he's been bad at the top line. Right. And he wasn't and he was pretty good against Pittsburgh. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, he's it's it's funny that he's that we're so mad at him, but he's on a forty-seven point pace. So like, now Grant, a lot is that a lot of that just power play points and secondary assists? Yes, but that's still forty-seven points, and that's still trade value. I mean, Olsen, not the biggest Olsen fan. He just scored what his thirteenth goal of the year, so he's on pace for what? Gotta be close 30 to thirty goals. Thirty something, yeah. And there's a lot of that power play and empty nickels, sure. But is that still thirty goals and that's still trade value? Yeah. So I think, I think the positives is there. But yeah, I mean, it was, it's been, definitely been an interesting week with all the accolades. You know, Tage being the second star, Cousins getting three straight three point games, which was the longest stretch since Eric Carlson in 2012 by a player 21 or under. So I saw this post today. Craig Button, TSN made his core four under 24 rankings. I believe, let me double check, because I don't remember if the Sabres are three or four. (laughs) I have so many chats open, sorry. Oh, I didn't send it. All right. They put him at number three. What what are your guys' thoughts on them having number three? Their core four was Darlene, Power... Cousins, I believe the fourth one was Jack Quinn. Mm-hmm. So, is, what, what do you think about that That being a top five core? I agree with four. that. <clears throat> 100%. I mean, I, I think it's a solid core. Um, as Joe is frozen. Don't know what's going on with that young lad. Um, but if you look at this team right now, they're, they're playing well because they have two good lines, a solid fourth line, and a third line that doesn't know what they're doing. So I mean, but we see we've seen the, you know this week, Peyton Krebs emerge. You know, scoring against Columbus. He's had three in his last four. I know, like he's 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 now okay. Cool, we lost Joe. I'll come back eventually. Um, so I think him emerging is huge for the fact of trade value. Um, mm-hmm. but also like also getting Milstead out of here. Yeah, I mean, I think just like overall, Don Granado has something for Casey Middlestead that like. No one else knows why, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think you got to think maybe they're hoping they're playing these guys so they can get trade value so that they can get like a Yuri Coolidge Savoy in for those two, like an Olsen and a middle stat, take their spots. No, I agree, I agree with that. What's it called? Did you see the Sabres embedded? The new Sabres embedded? No, not yet. It was uh, t- like it followed around Casey Middlestat. And and the best moment is that they have him and Bryson are like apartment buddies, roommates, mm-hmm. and they have a picture of what they thought to be a buffalo. It's a cow from Target. <laughs> nice. But you're looking at the Kings game. You know, looking at the last game. You know, Craig Anderson. I thought had a really good game, and then obviously the Sabres explode for six third period. I thought goals. we shouldn't have brought him back though. I'll give he's arguably been our best goaltender this year. Arguably. I don't think it's arguable. I have to be honest. I think he's been so. our best. But my main concern was, yes, he was trash. I thought he was going to be bad. Credit to him. He's played well. Can he play more than once a week? Anderson, I mean, not. <clears throat> I mean, like, okay. <laughs> please. No, we get that. But man's 41 years old. Like, he's not, he, he needs shouldn't. to play. He, but he needs to play more because I can't deal with watching Luka Pekalukunen play three times a week and him play for the fourth game. Like, they need they need Anderson to be the best goalie. And if, if they say Anderson can't, I mean, Comrie, good sign. He's he's, he's on the trip, uh, the West trip. So maybe he'll be back, and so then maybe UPL will be gone. But Yeah, but, I mean, like, even Comrie wasn't, like, great. I mean, like, no, he, he was good, but he was getting caved in sometimes. But, like, he still isn't that great. I think – I mean, I think this just proves that Lukanen's not our franchise no. goaltender. I think listen, I, I, we came up. We, listen, we came in with this this year of you had to answer questions. Question: mm-hmm. Is Uka Pukalukin a NHL goaltender? Answer: Maybe No. A backup. I don't even know. If, I don't know. He's yeah, I could see him as a backup. Maybe if a backup load, sure. I think sure. that that hip surgery just really screwed him over. Yeah, that double hip surgery really just screwed him over. Isn't that the same hip surgery that uh, Omar had too? Uh, maybe, but Omar is the Vesna guy right now. No, so, so that, that's yeah. tough. So, so, talking about Tage Thompson, I'm going to transition for one second. 
Mm-hmm. Man, man's on pace for 65 goals and 60 assists for 125 points. If you had to rank Tage Thompson according to all NHL players, where do you think he ranks right now? Like, where would you rank him? Uh, in the entire NHL? Yeah. And, like, you could do, like, season, then maybe, like, I think season, like, he'll be higher than maybe, like, not all time, but, you know what I mean, like, resume. I think amongst all NHL players this year, Tage Thompson, definitely top five. Mm-hmm. I would, the only players I'm putting above him are McDavid, maybe Dreisaitl? No, Robertson. i put Robertson above him. i put him, like, four. Yeah, I think that's the right, like, Carlson's having a good year in San Jose's trash. There's mm-hmm. probably what Sorokin was the goaltender for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. He's standing mm-hmm. on his head. So like, I think he's a top five player now. Realist, not I don't say realistically, but maybe not all time. But like, if you cut tuck all of them, I think he's knocking on the door of a top 10, 15 player. Uh, you know, last year he was kind of like in between that first and second line center, mm-hmm. kind of like he was like the fifteenth best center, maybe eighteen somewhere in that range. And now I think he's easily a top ten center, and now probably a top five center. If he, can, if, if he plays throughout the season like this, and then he's that player. So then that contract looking like a bargain, honestly. Well, I mean, it's already a bargain because it's $1.4 million, but yeah, the extension. Oh, the extension. You know what I meant. <laughs> I did. Uh, no, there was a, a question by like NHL.com or NHL Network of like who has the better contract. Um, Robertson. Uh, for Dallas or this is what seven point four, seven point five five, seven point five, seven seven five for four years, and anyone that says that Jason Robinson has a better contract than Tage Thompson is not like paying attention because mm-hmm. yes, it's probably Robertson better than Tage, sure, but the term, well the term is about matters because really Tage is signed this year at one point four, and then another he signed for eight years, mm-hmm. and like seven of those are. Robertson's including this year is signed three more years after this year at seven. And then he's going to be a UFA, I believe. He'll probably get like 11-12. Yeah, then he's going to get 11-12. So, no, the better contract is easily taste. But I got I got to ask him, is, is this the best season of by a Sabre in our lifetime? If he continues this way. In our lifetime? I would say yes. Isn't so too? Didn't your Danny Breer put him 95, though? Yeah, but this dude's almost going to get 120 points. If he keeps up the pace, 100%. Well, like if he keeps, if he, but even if he falters, if he gets like a hundred points, I think it's got. I don't know. Like Beer played on those; those were good teams too. The, yeah, but those were playoff teams too. That makes a difference. That's true. And like, Miller, Miller's best of the year is up there because that that year he went absolutely insane. Because mm-hmm, the Sabers team was not that good at that point. No, but like I don't know. I think it's definitely considered. I mean, it's the better than any Eichel year. I'm what Eichel's oh, best God, yeah. year. He had like what seventy eight and sixty eight. Yeah, he had like thirty eight goals, and I didn't. He didn't have any points, did he? No, he didn't. 78, same 80, 78 and 68. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a good year, but, like, not Tage's. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have the talent. Well, I mean, I call Valley Edwards talent, but, no, I think Tage is having the best season in our lifetime. And I, I got to say, the biggest winners from probably the last year of hockey, USA Hockey. <laughs> Huge winners. I'm being serious. Honestly. Like, because if you look at it, if you look at it, even if you look, like, from a year and a half ago, like, Austin Matthews was like a top five player, but like he was always known as a choker. Now he's a heart trophy winner, 60 goal scorer. Jack Eichel was a wannabe baby in Buffalo, still a wannabe baby, but now happier in Vegas. And before he was injured, was a heart trophy contender. Mm-hmm. Jack Hughes was a bust a year and a half ago. He had a bad rookie year. Now all of a sudden he's a top five center, playing like a top five center on the best team in the NHL in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Jersey. Tage. Well, I mean, I don't really know where to get into that, but Tage wasn't even an NHL player a year and a half ago. Yeah. And now he's, uh, as we we're talking about, a potential, a top, playing like a top five player this year. And it's going to be like, those are your four centers for like any like international competition. Oh, yeah. And then also you add the Kachuk brothers. Matthew mm-hmm. Kachuk is like going to get like another 100 point season in Florida. And I was looking at the defenses. Okay. Oh, also, Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck's playing pretty well, too. He, he might. Robertson. Robertson, too, Robertson too. Yeah, I, again, like the winners, and then you know they have some good defense, and but I think there's an opening on the bottom pair, uh, left shot defense, and for one, you know him, he wears twenty three, <laughs> and then they have good goaltending really? too. Um, Hollabuck, Hollabuck. I'm trying to think. Oh my God, uh, Andre. Yeah, 
Knight. There's one more. There's one more. Knight. Swayman, maybe. Yeah, Swayman. That's his name. Yeah, that's yeah. Kobe for Boston. So, yeah, they they have they have good goaltending. I mean, winners for us. I mean, the Sabers are huge winners, but like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest winners that. So, last thing before we go on to predictions, um, I thought I thought of this question: If the Sabers say the deadline happened tomorrow, would the Sabers be buyers, sellers, or mix? I think they'd be a mix because I think they'd want to sell off like an Olafson and Middlestat, but I think they'd want to buy to fill those roles, you know, because they're not going to pull up a Savoya, Coolidge, none of them, and expect them to make an impact. It's going to be like <laughs> COVID year when we randomly bought Wayne Simmons and Dominic Cahoon for no reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I was about to, yeah. I, I also I agree swaps. Me. Yeah, they're not going to go full Byron mode and trade their first round pick to try and because mm-hmm. there's still a couple points out. I know, like, it's a little unreal. It's a little weird thinking of this question because they're one game under 500, but they're only 30 games in. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think they would be, I don't think they'd be full on sellers too, because why would you want to, like, trade both Olofsson and Middlestat and then just have, like, you know, Henestroza or Brett Murray play? I think that'd be kind of a bizarre move, but yeah. Um, a real move would be the mixed. And, and now, but he has to do a better job on the bottom roll because that was stupid. <laughs> um, I don't condone trade. I don't even know. I honestly don't even know if we can consider that mixed. He made a mixed trade and then he bought. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, he made a mixed trade of the Sherry and Rodriguez for Cahoon. And then he bought Rain Simmons, which is terrible. And then technically, like, early in the year, he did a three way trade. I mean, with the Scandella for fourth and traded the fourth for Michael for Leak. Oh, yeah. For Leak was so bad. <laughs> That was so terrible. But no, I, I would say like a mixed trade of like trading off Olsen, Millstaff for like Trickram if they wanted to go really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see them going maybe smaller, maybe adding a guy, a younger guy. Like, I mean, Vancouver's kind of a train wreck, like Hollinger, Hoglander. That's mm-hmm. his name. Like maybe one of those, maybe the, the teams that are going to be sellers that might trade a guy of term. I think they could be in on. And then maybe they want to add like if a goalie's available somehow, just to like better that because it's bad. At least have like a third, like at least if Kami is being okay, Anderson's still on babysitting of one day a week. Like maybe adding a third guy might not be the worst idea. That's better than that's an upgrade over Lucan and uh, Subban. So hmm. yeah, I think I think that would be a. a Plus, you can't a, expect if they sign Levi to him to play in the NHL right away. No, I, who is the? Mm, I, I, someone was talking about this. I can't remember the dude's name. I don't know if it was Swayman who got signed and then pretty much played, or it was Hollabuck who barely played, who like played like a half season in the AHL and then went to be like a backup, not backup, yeah, but but like split starts mm-hmm. and then became like, I mean, he's not best than one of the top goalies in the league, but mm-hmm. I think that would be like the dream scenario. Mm-hmm. Talking, I mean, it's really quickly, I know I'm going to get completely distracted by saying this, but talking about like Levi having a very good college season again, mm-hmm. second best save percentage by drafted players. Um, one of the better safe, I think he's fifth in the country. I think he's a 950, something like that. I mean, still absolutely elite. I mean, oh, yeah. Northeast, Northeastern's trash. Like, they were bad. They were bad last year, lost all of their good players except him, and he's just carrying them. You know who's been terrible, though? Eric Hello. He's been brutal. He's mm-hmm. I, I, he's like 30th in the NCAA in save percentage, and he's seventh in draft people that have been drafted. Mm-hmm. He might not get an NHL contract. Mm. I don't know. Like he might not. Like I, I okay, the Sabres would give him one, but like I think the thought process of like a, a top goaltending prospect hitting the market because the Sabres have Levi, I don't think everyone's gonna be interested in Portillo. Like I, I think his markups, his market really isn't as big as I don't, I don't think it'll be. I don't know if that's a good thing because if they wanted to trade him, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's. I, I think the chance, the likelihood of him signing, I think, have actually increased by him playing some trash. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's rough. As me as has to say, like I mean, I don't know. I, just, I think his market just kind of shrunk a little bit. Mm-hmm. How could it not? Okay, so Joe is not here, but that's okay. We'll, we're going to continue on. We're going to push yeah. through. We got to roll though. Yeah, we're rolling. All right. So Sabers play three games, and have they're obviously they're on the road trip. They're in Colorado tonight. Saturday they're in Arizona, and Monday they're in Vegas. Potentially without Eichel. What do you think their record's going to be? One and two. They'll beat Arizona. I think they'll drop to Vegas and Colorado. Hmm. I'm going to go two and one. 
I say this because I think Arizona is an easy win. Well, should be. I mean, I did go to the game and they lost. So, um, but Vegas. I mean, listen, the Avs without McDavid, without McKinnon, and Vegas potentially without Eichel. Like, you're not going to get a better opportunity to beat those those teams on their home ice. So, mm-hmm. if they can split on those two tough games and get back home uh, for the holiday season. That would be that would be a good good start. All right, one hundred percent. So who who do you think is the leading goal scorer and who do you think is going to score lead the team in points in this three game stretch? Stretch. Mm, I think Jeff's going to come back. Right? He served his three. He's 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 out this game and then he'll be back next two. Oh, okay. I think I think Thompson leading goals and then I think uh, Cousins leads some points. All right. I went Tuck and Darlene last week. I'm gonna. Mm. You know, what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say Skinner and Darlene. Hmm. I'll be bold. I'm gonna be really bold. Skinner in two games scores four goals. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. So we have now concluded our Sabres talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Would You Rather. A person just... that was doing the Would You Rather yeah. is named Joe. Just As you could. That. As you could tell by us two talking, Joe halfway through the Sabres talk, uh, power cut out. So um, we were unfortunately skipped the would you rather. Hopefully he had a good one. Hopefully he has the idea for next week. So mm-hmm. going into our last segment. Let's do trivia real quick. Trivia. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's right. be honest. It's, it would probably be me answering them anyway. So damn. Quality okay. has not changed. All right. Number one. Cole Beasley's back. He's a, he's a favorite target of Josh, right? How so. many how many touchdowns receiving touchdowns did he have? Uh does this count? Play it? No, he didn't. Have, never regular season. Mm, I'm gonna say twelve. Eleven. No. Six four and one. Six four and one. Oh man! I forgot. I honestly would have. I forgot that he played three years. I was thinking of. I don't know who I was thinking. I think I was thinking of John Brown. Only one. All right. Sabres question. This one's probably easy. But who was our last player to average over a point per game in the season? Oh, Jack. Mm-hmm. 1920. 78 and 68. We already talked about that. Um, I wasn't sure if Sam, for some reason, I thought he had 50 in the short year, but he only had 40. He only had 40 points in the short year? 25 and 15. I did have 25 and 15. You're right. You're right. I don't know why. I thought he had 50. Yeah, because he was he was consistent like fifty. He like he had like three straight seasons of exactly like fifty points or something like that. It was fucking. Mm-hmm. And then weird. we have Jeff Skinner, who his career highs hit three times at sixty three. Yeah, I know. Hey, we, then, we like we like we, those Sabers like specific numbers. I guess. Uh, last question: World Cup. It's wrapping up. Which country has the most World Cup wins, like championships, titles? Brazil. How many? Do, that's right. Do. You, you want to know how many they have? Five. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, I know that. You probably looked at something. No, Sportical. Ah. Uh, I do those quizzes every once in a while. Damn. All right, so. Couldn't catch them. That will do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. Um, Joe is not here, so you're going to get closed out by myself, Dom Lost, and uh, I was joined by uh, Mike Marino. So, Ooh. Thank you, and have a have a great day. Go Sabres. Uh, you know how I always on this. Go Bills, baby. <laughs>